Okay, guys. Now, usually when we have conversations here on Objectively Incorrect, uh, before the conversation even really starts, before we even really start the recording of the actual show, sometimes we have little small conversations with the guests that would be here. Sometimes I have really, really good rapport with these people, and we end up talking about something that has nothing to do with the topic. Before today, usually I would just throw those parts away, and they will never see the light of day. But I'm going to start this section. It's called One Extra. It's going to come out every single Sunday morning. So if you have listened to the episode, if you've listened to the episode for the week, and you want to get some more information or you want to hear us talk about something that has nothing to do with the topic that we set out to talk about, yeah, you can hear it here on One Extra. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee deep in a pool of stagnation. Oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. yeah. Hi guys, my name is Stephen Smith and this is Objectively Incorrect, One Extra. Touching on possession, I there was this case in my life mm-hmm. where I had an app on a phone, on my phone, mm-hmm. that would tell my significant other where I was at all times. I didn't mind because I was, I don't go anywhere, I don't One do anything. Person. I was, <laughs> um, I didn't mind, you know, some of my friends, they were like, they're watching me sideways. I'm gonna say what they actually said, but <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I could put words. I could put words to those feelings. Yeah, wait, and to okay. those friends, right? And I'm to sure. those friends, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't. It didn't care. But they saw it. Some people saw it as the like, people around me in my circle saw it as possession. And I, do you feel like it is? Like or that? I was? think. Um, oh man, I. And, and you know the argument is always if you have nothing to hide, then you don't, you don't mind somebody knowing more and more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think though that if it's reciprocal, and the two of you know exactly where both of you are, like it's not just a case of I have a GPS on you, mm-hmm. but you don't have a GPS on me, mm-hmm. which I think is I could see it as insecure. But if it's reciprocal. And this is something that the two of you are comfortable with. I said, go right ahead, do it. Would it be something I would be comfortable with? I'm not. I don't think I would. No. And it's not because of me trying to like journey off and do some weird crap. I'll be somewhere I'm not supposed to be. But it's it's just for me, it's a sign of insecurity. And if if you reach to that level where you feel like you have to know where I am at every single moment of my life, I feel like the level of control that you're trying to possess me with is way further than what i want like there's no trust and 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 i think for me and this is me personally by all means i'm not trying to judge you anything Uh um if i call you and you say that you are by your best friend's house if there's anything in me that does not believe that then it's something it's a deeper problem that i have it means i can't trust you if you are lying that means you're a liar and you're lying to me. Right. Again, there's a broken need of trust. Being, noticing that early on, I think is essential. If you have a liar and you're willing to stay with that person, by all means, stay with that person knowing exactly what you're getting yourself into. But if I need an app to track you, to know that you're not telling, like, why is the trusting that? Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's a deeper issue. I could leave my phone at home. And go and do whatever I want to do. And you still have a false sense of security thinking that I know where you are. I don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? There are ways to check that. There's a deeper underlay. I don't trust you. 
So again, I could see where friends are coming from. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, 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 that's a controlling, that's a different level. That's a, and, and sometimes too, what I've always found in relationships is that what you are afraid, what you fear for in your partner, what you're insecure about, usually stems from a fear that you have in yourself. Like you may have abandonment issues. Like if you don't trust people very easily, it might be that you have a, you have fears of being alone. Like you have fears of being lonely. You have fears of of um are you 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 hold those fears close to heart. It's always I've always found even in every angry entanglement with your partner. Mm-hmm. Get away! Like the anger is very, very shallow. Get, just scrub away that anger and look deep because underneath that anger is a scared little boy or girl who is just afraid of being hurt. Guys, <laughs> you focus <laughs> like kids. Guys, she just raised her hand like I have a question. I'm in school. No, it was more like yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and all of us have it. Like, it's not even like, it's not even a case of like, this is something fundamentally real. All of us, we don't want to be taken for a fool and we don't want to end up investing in somebody that's just going to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not even, it, this is universally so, it creates so much problems. Like, if you knew, if people just knew that that was most of that step, that's the stem, uh, that's the root of most of the problems then a lot of the anger stuff and a lot of insecurities will just kind of shift away. Because mm-hmm. it's like, and guys have a hard time doing this, but like just to look at your woman and say, I am afraid that you will leave me. I am afraid that I love you so much that you're going to break my heart. I don't want my heart to be broken. Like that's, I just don't want that. Mm-hmm. Like guys, will not, like guys will not say that because they're afraid like that's giving somebody power. But I think... To understand this is where you this is where your grief comes from like you can start healing that like you have to be like Sarafina, when you go out with your friends and you still to three o'clock in the morning i am sorry but i am home thinking that you're out there finding somebody who's better than me ah okay you see what i mean like something simple like that Sarafina, i don't want to give you the car because i feel like at some point you might get an accident and i don't want you to die i would miss you too much it would hurt too much and i feel like you'll be my fault mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Serafina, the reason I call you all the time is because I'm secretly lonely and I don't know how to be with myself. Like, I feel like me, I am not worthy of being by myself. I can't stand myself. These are real things. Nobody says them. Nobody goes to them. Guys go through their whole lives and never admit these vulnerabilities. I love being by myself. Absolutely love it. One (laughs) percent. And most of us don't like being by ourselves because we always feel like we don't deserve it. And maybe it might have to do with parenting and it might got a lot of deeper like stuff, but like we don't like ourselves. Like I've just recently liked to just be in my own company. Recently. Recently. Like within the last year. I've been on this planet for 32 years. And You've been living on year. your own. Living, I'm living on my own, but like, you know, my girlfriend is here a lot and so on. Even when I like I moved out, like I had a girlfriend at the time, so she would like, you know, come on and keep me company and then go home and whatever the case is. But like it's just like being by myself, like going to a movie by myself was foreign to me. Love it. Foreign. Foreign. <laughs> and it wasn't even like comfortable. Like I couldn't like go to a restaurant by myself. None of that. I wouldn't go to a restaurant myself because I feel like a restaurant might be a waste of my money. I could cook and it could be fine. Right, I agree with you. Just like I I don't need to spend two hundred dollars for this. You know what I mean? But but yeah, it just we have to get to the deeper underlying root problems. Like even people who have like sexual misconduct, like you know what we are talking about. 
like this person has a problem like we could villainize this person we could call him an evil person a monster and all of this but at the end of the day if he isn't convicted this is still somebody on the street that has a problem like they still need addressing because yeah we could know that he is he has been alleged to be that kind of that kind of person but the only thing that we're going to do is just stop try to stop our little girls from being around him but that doesn't fix the problem everybody can't do that mm -hmm. he's going to interact with some girl down the lane he's going to be in some position where he might be in authority and somebody else is going to suffer Mm -hmm. so unless we get some kind of rehabilitation for people who have identified in the community who have these issues and fix them all we're really doing is pointing a finger and saying it's all your fault but you're probably going to do it again some other victim is going to some other innocent person is going to fall victim to mm -hmm. it you're just avoiding the problem yeah and that's what somebody was telling me that it's a habitual thing tendency <laughs> within them yeah so you're right and nobody's fixing it. And this is why, like, I really wanted to bring you on the show, too, because, I mean, we haven't really gotten into the dark sides of, of some of your pageant experiences. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you still want to talk about it. Or at least just mention, like... Uh, I, think we're, I think we're good. We got a good show. Okay, good. But even with pageantry, like, like, the reason I called you here is because I wanted to hear your viewpoint on that specific situation. Um, it's good to know that it, do, it didn't happen to you or you didn't face any, anything like that, which means that, like, you know, for the other people who have, I hope they do come forward because there are certain red flags that you probably need to be aware of. If you're young and you're going this thing, you might be going in with like, you know, rose-colored But not glasses. even just in pageantry. You know what? There was, I had a friend who said she experienced it in the workplace and she just left the job because the person was higher up and it just didn't seem like it made sense. Not that she was fully assaulted, but... Mm -hmm. Sexual harassment is sexual harassment. And um, it could be in words as well. Yeah, so, yeah, of course, of course, of course. So she said, she said to avoid all the headaches of court trials and whatnot, she just left the, the work. The thing is, we, I think as, as a community, we kind of, we make it difficult for women to speak the truth. We make it extremely difficult for men. And I really hope that I live to see the day when we don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. The victim shaming is on no woman. And I'm going to say it on, on here. No woman comes forward. No woman wants to be known as a sexual victim. Like, it is Why? embarrassing. Why? It is the, the, the fire that you get for it. Because our community, we completely destroy women who are victims of sexual abuse. Completely. It, it, either we say, oh, they wanted it, so they deserve it, or she this and she that, and, and all these things, all of these, these ridiculous things, like as if she asked for this, and it's unfair. And then we expect like, okay, so we'll find people who are repeat offenders, you know what I mean? Like even the other day I was talking to somebody about like the school system. Like I know of a couple guys who... Were in the school system, they're not teachers anymore, but uh, one of them I think is still a teacher. And he's been accused, or uh, they've been accused of molesting students. What does what happens usually? They take them from one school and put them in another school. It's like uh, it's like dealing with it like the Catholic Church <laughs> and the Pope. Like you molest one set of children and you just take them and you move them away. Like you just keep rotating them around the schools. Like this person is going from this school to this school to this school. To this school. Like molesting children. Like, why are we doing this? This is wrong. 
And I find that they always want to hide it. Hide the person who did. For me personally, I'd find more comfort in knowing who the person is. Not the victim, but rather the perpetrator. That's the thing. I'm like, yeah. So that you could be... Aware. Aware. Uh, no, extra use classes ex- for extra co- precautions for for teacher John, you know, like teacher John do cannot have any more classes, extra classes with this too, because you mm-hmm. you are an offender. Like you either gonna get help or you gonna. I don't even know. I think but we should treat thing- it. We should treat it like fat kids who love cake. What a weird analogy! It's a weird analogy. Like if. If, if you know a kid, a fat kid loves cake, mm-hmm. it, the cake is destroying him, he's unhealthy, he's getting sick and so on. Why put him in a bakery and leave him there? Like why say, hey, we're going to put you to work in a bakery. A bakery. You're a fat kid, you love cake, let's just put you to work in a bakery. That's the best job for you. Did you just come up with that on your own? Yeah, I like- just did. I kind of did. <laughs> but-, but why? It's the same thing. Like if a teacher is attracted to younger girls, right? Why put him among young girls? Mm-hmm. You, you, it's like you're putting a fat kid among cake. Like, what do you think will happen? You think he's going to be like, I'm going to leave this kid. Every day he goes to work, he has to fight his urges every single day. And I'm, not, I'm seeing him as a human being. I mean, we see him, you could see him as a monster all you want. I see a human being with a problem. I have problems. Mm-hmm. I don't have that problem. But I have problems too. I have things that I probably shouldn't eat or things I shouldn't do, like eat Doritos. Like, that's my problem. I see Doritos, I can't help. I just got to grab a bag. I'm sorry. I come home, I eat it, I cry. No, I don't. I actually enjoy and it. Those are normal everyday problems. I think those strange problems are psychological. But it's still, it's, I'm just saying, like, even if it's a big problem, it's still a problem. Like, he has to go to school and interact with students, and it's inappropriate for him to have relations with these students. But every day he's going and fighting the urges to have relations with these students. What are we doing to fix the problem? What? We take him and put him among other students? Like, and it's even weird because you're taking him out of one school who knows who he is and putting him into a school who doesn't know who he is. So it's like all these young girls now are like seeing a teacher fresh. You know, like they're going to respect him and they're going to do what he says to do. You're putting him in an uncomfortable, you're putting the students and you're putting him in an uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. because he's facing this every single day. Do you put him through rehab? No. Is there a program? No. There's nothing. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> now I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I, but I, I can't say that I know of any situation where teachers moved from one kid. Or is, are these instances real? These instances are real. Okay. So I can't say that I know, but I've no, I know of cases. I mean, allegedly. I mean, allegedly. Let me, let me use my, my Wendy Williams. Allegedly. Um, that you know it was well known and nothing was done about it it it's sad and I don't know I don't know why society allows it to happen it's because it's because you see we the, the problem is everybody is almost a representation of a higher power Okay, let me let me. Uh, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but you're getting pretty deep. You sure you want to continue? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, everybody is represented, and we ain't calling any names and by all means, we're trying to victimize anybody. But I'm gonna just say what is fact. Fact is fact. If I am a teacher in a school, and I hate when people say he's such a good teacher, yeah, but he, he touches the little boys. But what I'm saying is, you're a teacher in a school. 
if there is a, 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 an alleged situation that comes up that is horrible, it reflects badly on whom? It doesn't just reflect badly on its, the teacher. It reflects badly on the school. Nobody wants to own up to being home. And then the Ministry of Education and, and then all that stuff. Exactly. The school has a boss, the Ministry of Education. Then it looks like the Ministry of Education is harboring child molesters. Now, if that's the case, then where does it go then? From the Ministry of Education, the Minister of Education, he is harboring molesters. Then it goes further. The government is harboring molesters. You see where this is going? Mm -hmm. It's no wonder why whenever there's a situation that presents itself, the very next supervisory body or person squashes it immediately because they don't want, they don't want that on them. And have you ever heard of the term, the fish rots from the head? Yes, the fish rots from the head. Yeah. Right. So it is possibly that, I guess, maybe these teachers may feel like they can do it because their superiors are known to do it. Do you understand what I mean? Hmm. Like, uh, again, guys with, guys with power, they do it. I'm not going to... Gosh. They do it all me. the time. I'm not even getting... I'm going to say it for you. They do it all the time. But then a guy with power would get away with it. Like, again, it... Man, we could... Let's just talk. Let's just mm -hmm. talk. Let's just talk. A fish rots from the head. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure about the fish rotting from the head analogy in terms of it being real. I'm not so sure. Maybe mm -hmm. it is. I eat a lot of fish and I still don't know if the fish rots from the head. I'm not eating oh, well, a lot of Oh, well, Don fish. does it and doesn't get away and gets away get with it. Yeah. It's true. So it, it, that, could be a, that could be a situation. It removes more or less individual uh, pointing a thing at the individual because then it becomes a cultural problem. It becomes a problem where the culture is set that I could get away with if I molest these girls, right? Um, because my supervisor did it. Again... Or because it happens regularly. Or because it happens regularly. Yeah. And I've seen people get away with it. Uh, I know that higher-ups do it all the time and they, they get away with it. Like, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to continue the culture. We could address it that way, and I think that's a perfectly good way to address it too. Mm -hmm. But there's also the situation of within these, t these persons, they have a flaw in and of themselves that they are attracted to this kind of person. It might be some deep psychological problem where they haven't really grown up uh, there might be, uh, how could put that? Uh, what did they call that? I don't, I don't know the word. I, I can't remember the word right now. But it's more like you are not. Your perception of sexuality hasn't grown mm -hmm. with the age that you are. So you're at forty-five, but you're still attracted to like maybe younger sexual experiences where it's new and wild and breaking somebody out of some, you know, whatever. Mm. Your sexual needs haven't grown beyond that. You know what I mean? So, like, you see a younger girl and you see an opportunity to experience love for the first time again. You're stuck in a loop. That could be a deep psychological problem. Uh, it could also be that you feel like you have a middle-aged crisis and you're running out of time. So, this younger person could give you some revitalized view of your own self like i could attract a younger person therefore i am young still mm -hmm. that is a ego problem but again it, it, yeah, it's possible to, it's sounding more like an ego problem than anything else to me it does but misogyny like is ego. feel like they could have whatever they want whenever they want yeah spoiled brat you know but i'm saying like there's a bunch of different there's a bunch of different reasons why this could happen 
But what I'm saying is the reason that I don't think our culture really supports the justice that's necessary to happen for to, like to give people their proper due when these things happen. Or even if I mean I'm vocalizing it is because from the standpoint of well, from a couple of different factors. One, if you have money, you could do a lot of things. We've put money to have more weight than morals. Like without without even question. Like moral standing could be a kickback in some people's mind. If I'm gonna be morally honest with you, um I'm gonna put myself in a situation where I can't make money because money has more value than my morals. So I'd rather cheat, steal, destroy, as long as I could get this paper at the end of the day. Right. We hear it on TV all the time. It's something that's being promoted. Why I tell you that's a problem, especially for sexual immorality, or when it comes to like sexual molestation, is that if you're a parent and your child has been molested, it's amazing how much parents would give up morality and hush for money. You know, I was thinking about that, but I, re- I really didn't want to offend anybody, but it's something that we live in as well. It's, it's not offensive if it's... Yes, it's offensive still, but it's a tr- it, it, is, it is completely factual. I've seen this happen. A, a young lady has been molested. She might even be impregnated. She goes away. The person who does the impregnating, the, the father of the unborn child, is rich. He has money. Like, people start thinking, it's better that she had a relationship with this person mm-hmm. than with some boy across the street who can't support her. Like, that's, that's what you hear people say all the time. You equate, you equate money higher than your values. Your value system puts money above moral integrity. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for somebody who has ambition, where ambition is weighs more than more than your moral compass. Like if I am trying to be the press the permanent secretary of education and I have to put in this time, you coming around and molesting two, three young girls ain't stopping me from going up the ladder. Because if I try to stand up for these girls, I might lose my my ambitious streak or my ambitious momentum. Because I'm going to have to take time on my schedule. My paper going to get cut to deal with these girls. No, I know this sounds really frank and this sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. But I would guarantee you people don't even think that deeply about it. It's like, okay, okay, okay. So you did this. Okay. We're going we're gonna to find a way to deal with it. We ain't going to make this no big spectacle. We're going to keep it low. All right? You got money? Okay. Or even if you don't have money, you can't make me look bad. Because I'm trying to get to the next step. I want to be the principal I'm the voice. You come to me with it. We're going to hush it down. Because this is going to make two of us look bad. Mm-hmm. You check what I mean? And it might make the principal look bad. And it might make the ministry look bad. So let's just keep this law because I'm trying to get to being the permanent secretary. Look bad in whose eyes? What do you mean? You mean in the people's eyes? Of course. The court of public opinion is the most influential. Man... Serafino, listen, right? The reason why we won't call anybody's name on this show, the reason why you might not say certain things or you might feel uncomfortable is because you're, you, because people are daftly afraid of being condemned in the court of public opinion. Like, you don't want anybody to blackball you. You don't want, any, you don't want to be you, a victim. I, I mean, in, a, in situations like that, wouldn't people more still say, I mean, let me, see, let me think about it. If it's more, if you're thinking from, about it from a political sense, like, yeah, we've gotten, we know this happens in our society. So if we bring awareness to this, um, you're better, you're more at a better standpoint, I guess, if you 
point out a particular teacher who molests young children and get rid of them and reprimand them and whatnot, wouldn't you be at a better standpoint? Wouldn't you be more praised? Yeah, you would think so, right? But you, then depending you'd be on, seen as like a, a savior or something like that. You could do that. And by all means, we have not gone that route um, in our democracy yet. Because I don't think, I don't know if people see it as a big enough buzz issue. The, the politicians deal with what they think is the most, the most beneficial buzz issue. If people need house I'm and land. I'm telling you, a lot of people like are watching this, this story. Yes. And, and that's, want to see and how I, it's going to play out. And that's good. But if, if people care enough, the politicians will talk about it. They will talk about it because they have to talk about it. Because people will be looking to hear about it. But it, there's also... There's also a two-edged sword to this. We, we can't look at it. And others always refuse to see things for black and white because politics is different to reason. Politics is not reason. Politics is logic. When, when I say not reason, politics is not emotional. Politics is reasoning and logic. That's all it is. Mm. If, if, if John Doe, right, is a teacher that is known to be a molester, John Doe, some people know that John Doe is a molester. But everybody like, you know, he's a molester. Let's just stay away from him. You pick out John Doe and say, you victimize John Doe and say, hey, look, you are a molester. We're getting rid of you. John Doe's family will not vote for you. So you've made an enemy of all the people that John Doe has influences. Think about a teacher for a moment. How much students... That's like having a gang member in your house, Exactly. Though. But they do. Because they have to. Like, it, if you think about... Think about it in terms of votes. Politicians... I have someone on my WhatsApp who's always saying, like, what if it was your child or your daughter, your brother, you know? And that's how we have to react... Have, that's how we have to think as a society. But the politicians don't have to think like that. They, 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 that's not... You're not... How much votes will we get versus how much votes will we lose? It's a simple matter of equity. Uh, uh, it's a simple matter of what do we have to gain, what do we have to lose, all right? If, if, I, if, I, if I trounce on this person and say, look, this is going to be, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore. Yes, I'm going to get some votes, but I'm also going to lose some votes. Is it worth losing the votes? Is there another issue I could contend with that would just be more of a benefit versus losing votes? You see what I mean? Like, is the reason why we are single people, single, yeah? We don't have a family. We're not married. If you go to get a house, right, more likely than not, depending on your political connections and affiliations, you might get it. But higher up on the list than you is a single mother with a child. Higher up on that list still is a family, like a, a mother, father, child. Higher up on that list still is a family with multiple children. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Why does that? Why does it matter? Shouldn't it matter based on if I am a responsible person and able to pay for this house versus a family with like six people who can't? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah, get what you're saying. You know, in, in, but that, that's, not what the, that's not what a politician thinks. You're thinking in terms of being moral and being, being sensible in your terms, right? But what they're thinking is, if I give this person with six, that's six people! <laughs> Do you understand? And here I was thinking that me, they wouldn't give me a house because I'm a single woman, no kids, nothing like that. And you know what? By all means, give the mother who has six kids 
give them a roof over their heads. I can wait a couple more years. No worries. You're thinking I about mean, it. You're thinking about it very. You're thinking about it from a moral standpoint. Politics is not about morals or emotion. It's about numbers. I want to win. Just like me and you, you're going to competition. You want to win. Yeah. All right. Are you going to anything? I want to win. I like. I'm not saying I'm going to dip to a moral, morally deplorable degree, but I want to win, man. I'm not out here to like just, hey guys, you know, I want to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with politics. You might see, you might see from a moral standpoint, it's like, oh well, this 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 family has six children. I mean, they do deserve a house. They do need a roof over their heads. They're not going to be able to pay for it, but it's good that the government gives them that. No, that's not what the government is thinking. The government is thinking that is a house with five adults. Five adults of voting age. Yeah. Do you know how much, like, like even when it comes to visiting houses, no politician is going to come to my house. Why? Unless they hear the podcast and realize, oh, the podcast is influencing 100,000 people. No, it's not. But <laughs> I'm just saying. If that's the case, dreaming. Then, that is dreamy. But if they come to my house, it's because... I have influence somewhere. It has to be that I influence somebody mm-hmm. to vote for them. They're not gonna come. They're not gonna waste time. Like, like even in America, they're not campaigning in in these states that they're not theirs. Like Democrats don't go to Democratic states and campaign. It's just the same way that even in Sankets, like certain Pam Labor Unity, if they know they have a specific supporter, they're not gonna visit that supporter's house. Not really. No. They're visiting the people who they're trying to get. Strategic. It's a you, map. You have a little bit, you have, you have a limited amount of time to gather your troops. Are you going to waste time gathering troops that are already in line? No. You got to get new troops. That's why the planes come in. Come on. Like, people, I, I don't know. I don't know. And this is back to molestation. Like, yeah, before I go off tangent again. Well, we always, uh, we, this is that show. I love this show for that particular reason. But again, it's like, when it comes to molestation, it's, it's, it's sad that it, it's always tacked against the victim. It's tacked against the victim. And it's not just us. It's like the Western culture, Eastern culture, all around the world. Women have a disadvantage, but victims have a disadvantage because it's not the victims are not always women. Like there's something that we never talk about. There are young boys that have been molested, and there are a lot of young boys that have been molested by people who are in authority, right? Mm-hmm. And it completely skews them. It completely skews the understanding of relationships. It completely skews the understanding of power dynamic. They're traumatized and they're walking around zombies and half of what they are. Mm-hmm. They, and, and sometimes they'll be like, I don't even think about it. You don't have to think about it. Son, person, woman, girl, boy, child. You don't have to think about it for it to affect you. It could affect you. It has already affected you. You understand? You haven't done any... You haven't, some people don't even face it. It's just like, I live with this now. Like, this is now a baggage that I carry. And I might put it behind me, but it doesn't mean that it stops me from moving forward because it's chained to my leg. I'm learning so much right now. Like, so much more new insight on everything. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, I would like for it to not be that the first thing that we say when some woman comes forward and says, I've been that molested, liked it. Yeah, that, that you wanted, wanted it. it, or you were dressed this way. It doesn't matter. She could have been naked. She does not deserve for anybody to touch her inappropriately. Or to, I mean, even saying something 
You're supposed to respect her as a human being. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I want to see the day when the culture shifts on behalf of the victim. And we try to get justice for the victim and stop making excuses for people who are not the victim. If you are the oppressor, you don't need an excuse. You're already in a good position. Why are we trying to give you a better position by letting you win in the court of public opinion? Or these young girls, this, these young girls, that. Like, a busman picks up a young girl, he, wherever, charms the heck out of her or whatever. In that situation, if he continues on, it's statutory rape. Why is it statutory rape? Because that young girl is not prepared for his, uh, they might not be prepared for his advances. Mm-hmm. The person who is supposed to be responsible in that scenario is the boss man, not the young girl. We always got these young girls, these young girls. No, you're saying the wrong things. The men who are taking advantage, those are the men who are responsible. You are older. Like even in this situation that we're talking about, this person is much older than the, the girl. He is much older. He has an unfair advantage economically. He has an unfair advantage Knowledge-wise, he has an unfair advantage in his status. He has an unfair advantage even in the environment that he's in. A completely unfair advantage. Mm -hmm. And then we expect that that person is going to somehow gain power in that situation. It's very unlikely. Me and all might be subject. You understand? Mm -hmm. And I I could probably fight off maybe any guy. Don't don't test me on that. I know some of you, they're pretty strong. Maybe some of your officers, but whatever. You know, I could probably defend myself in more or less nearly any situation. If I say I got a gun on knife or something, I could probably defend myself. Probably. But then these are women. These are young girls. Some of them are very small. So, like, what do you expect them to do? So, I just want it for that. I just, that's all I want in my life. I think I've completely hijacked this conversation, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I think you have. Oh, Serafina, let me ask you one more question. Let's move on. <laughs> I get passionate. This is, is I this, can tell. It gets, it gets passionate for me because I've been in that place where I used to be ignorant. Like, I remember when the Bill Cosby thing came out and I was like, no, man, all these women coming for No, man, that's crazy. Like, they're paying these women to come out on Bill Cosby, man. They're trying mm-hmm. to set him up. And by all means, I'm not saying that that might not be the case, but I just don't feel like it's my place to victimize the people who've probably been assaulted. It's not an easy road to travel when you're proclaiming that you've been assaulted by somebody. Right. Nobody I think wants for me, it, you just have to, as soon as it happens, say it. Don't be afraid. Don't hide it. Say it as soon as it happens. That would be the optimum situation. But I, I don't think that most people, it takes a lot of courage, man. It takes so much. It takes so much to be able, like some people just wish that it never happened and they just want to put it behind them. And I could understand that too. But even if, like the, the, the problem with not saying anything is that, you open up other people to, to, to be subject to this same malicious, traumatic experience. And it's not fair to everybody. If we know that somebody out And you here, make that person feel like it's okay. Yeah. And it's not okay. It's not okay. You know what I mean? Like, if we, if we start cranking down on this thing, it's going to happen less. Mm-hmm. Like, if I know that if I go there and eat cake, that I'm going to get diabetes from the first cake I eat, like... I might not go out there and eat cake. You know what I'm saying? I might go and eat cake still, but then I know what I'm getting into. It's the same thing with identifying like sexual misconduct in our community. If we could identify that it's happening, then people would be much more aware and we could start teaching people how to either refrain from it or try to get those people who perpetrate it, try to get them 
I don't know, like give them help or whatever the case, whatever they need to get over it or to start billing their life or stop hurting other people. But to be silent, just can't do it. It doesn't help anyone. Just can't do it. Red flags everywhere. You know what I mean? You'd like to tell girls, like, don't go into a room with a guy. But then, most likely, sometimes you'll end up in a room with a guy. And then what then? Like, it's just... <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Sorry, I don't get very passionate about this stuff. No, I, I, I can tell, again. Um, and I used to be that kind of way. I used to think that... Let me see how best to put it so I don't seem like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just say it! <laughs> Say it. Um, just say it. it could be whatever you so, want to be on the show. You know, I can I can be religious, mm-hmm. and um, there is a particular verse in the Bible I cannot remember. Something about temptation, like I understood. Deliver us from temptation. Some, no, no, not that one. Okay, that's um, the usual. No, the one about. Okay, if a if a lady's wearing a short pants, she's tempting someone. Mm. Something there was some. Gosh, I have to go look it up, guys. I promise, <laughs> <laughs> I can't be religious after this. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I think in my mind, I was like, I know what God was trying to say. He was trying to say, like, in wearing these type of things, or maybe I'm just trying to, yeah, I guess, intervene. Intercede for God or something. You're interceding for God. <laughs> I, I, you must be I, cosmic. <laughs> I understand what he was saying because he knew the world was going to become so corrupt, and so I guess he was saying not to tempt, not to put yourself into temptation, or not to put yourself into situations that could possibly tempt people, because he knew where it was getting. And even such a short pants, although it shouldn't justify someone to rape someone, that's the reality that we were going to live. I find us. I, I have to go look at that. Oh my gosh, I sound so bad. Like, can we? No, you don't. No, you don't sound bad. And I understand what you're saying. And, and I think, by all means, the misogyny of that of the statement is that. And I don't. I don't like the precedent because I think right now in our age we kind of shift in that role. like women are becoming more and more liberal about what they wear. Mm-hmm. And I think we're becoming more educated too. It doesn't matter what a woman wears. Like, you have to respect her. Yeah, like, that's what I... Well, yeah. I knew that all the time. Yeah. I knew that all the time. But, again, I just felt like in certain situations... Just be careful. Be, yeah, be extra careful. And that's how I feel in my life as well. You know, bye. I buy a... Yo, this thing, it, it, it's so much more than what we talked about today. Um, you don't want anybody to do anything. And you don't want to do anybody anything. You just want to live a peaceful life. Right. Just be careful. And you're going to situations thinking that it's one thing, but I just somebody has careful. different intentions. Just be careful. If you're going if you're going to take a pap smear, you know, make sure nurses deal make with sure, the guy. Hey, you know? I know that now. <laughs> like, if I am going out, someone knows. My mom, my sister, my best friend, they know who. Trust and believe I sent a picture. Oh, really? Who you are? Yep. You ain't, tell, only- you ain't tell your mom now. You tell your mom I sent it. <laughs>